This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Today we have a very special guest with us. I'm so excited. Uh, We have uh, Brother Josh McElhaney with us. He's written several incredible books. Um, One is King in a Cave, uh, which was an absolutely tremendous read. I read that uh, a few years ago. Um, Just exceptional. Uh, but for the sake of this particular podcast, and I, and to be honest, I, I really resonated with this book too. Um, and I think, I think more people than you realize, bro, uh, uh, can relate to this book. But so this is the book it's favored, the destiny of a dreamer, um, you know, by Josh McElhaney. Um, I'm going to have him just briefly introduce himself, tell us where he currently is serving, uh, what God's doing. Um, and then I'll have him. Uh, just sort of share his, his, his story, his testimony, and whatever else he feels led to talk about. Uh, so go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me here. Uh, Josh McElhaney. I am in Texas uh, right now. I'm working with a small church in, in Pittsburgh, Texas, a Cornerstone Apostolic Church and Pastor Chase Combs. I'm helping them out there. Um, been in ministry for... It's getting close to 20 years now, uh, making me feel a little bit old. Um, and yeah, the uh, the whole concept of the book, Favored, um, really has to do with a, a personal journey that I had to go through over the last several years. Um, I, I published my first book in 2015, uh, King in a Cave, and at that point I was serving as an assistant pastor. And it had been for, for many years. Um, and, and that book was where I was at that stage in my life. It helped a lot of people um, kind of navigate the unique challenges and paradigm of serving under someone else and having to lead without being in the throne. Um, so every time I've, I've written a book, it seems like God has taken kind of my current lifestyle, the current things that, that he's pulling me through and allowing that to really come alive through um, these different stories that I tell. Um, Just kind of a little bit of backstory of what led me to this book. Um, I was pastoring in 2019. I resigned. Um, There was um, some issues that that took place that I address here in the book. Um, I was forced to resign. Um, Things had happened that were beyond my control. And I was kind of thrust out of the the limelight there in ministry. Uh, up until that point, um, God had given me so many dreams and I had seen so many things beginning to come to pass of things that I had seen and prayed for. Um, I had written books. I was traveling and ministering. I'd even had an opportunity to 
go overseas in South America and minister at a conference there and and just seeing God work all these things and all these things come to life um, in my ministry was was incredible and then suddenly it was like the rug was yanked out from underneath me I resigned I moved to Arkansas for a couple of years and and just kind of laid low and a lot of things were going on in my personal life Um, and it really started to feel like man I guess I, I reached the pinnacle of ministry and now life has happened and all those things that God had told me I was going to see and fulfill there it's gone. Mm. Um, in 21, 2021, I ended up getting a divorce, moving back to Texas. Um, and it's probably the lowest point in my life trying to figure out how do I go forward? Do I go forward? Is the calling still there? Um, a lot of things to navigate. Um, I was seeing the therapist at that time, trying to just wrap my head around some of the trauma that I'd experienced, um, you know, get past some of those things and some of those barriers that were keeping me from moving forward. And in one of those therapy sessions, it was just a God moment. God kind of just came down into that room. Um, It it was a, a Christian therapist. And so we had started with prayer and God just gave me a vision. He saw, I saw my timeline. Um, we were doing some work there and, and suddenly on top of the timeline that I was seeing of myself, God revealed a separate timeline and he began to deal with me in that therapy session about the life of Joseph and the dreams that he had given Joseph and the journey that Joseph had gone through. And I began to see, um, kind of parallels between my story and the story of Joseph, things that I had experienced, the things that he was experiencing, And I I know it sounds a little bit uh, theatrical, but I could almost hear Joseph saying and praying prayers that I was praying at that exact season of my life while he was in prison and uh, things that I had been struggling with and wrestling with. And it was a pure God thing. Um, I've told many people this, and it's even hard for me to believe now, even looking back. But from the day I got home from that appointment, until the day that this book was completely finished and ready for publication was seven days. It was just an absolute God thing. It just began to explode and began to open. And and, and God revealed a lot of the things um, to me during that period of time. Um, and now that's been about seven months ago that this book has been released. And I was looking back just yesterday at some of the things that we had written in the book and, and talked about in the book. And I'm seeing the fruition of that stuff now um, that I couldn't even see back then. A lot of the stuff I wrote, I wrote in faith and wrote um, based on what God was showing me and and what I was going through and experiencing. Um, But now just seven short months later, I'm actually seeing from the other side, some of those very things that, that we talked about. And, and I I think the book really ministers to anybody who's ever kind of had life not go their way. Um, We don't hear a lot of those stories. Um, I've been to a lot of ministers' conferences, and you hear of the trials that a typical minister would go through, financial struggles, um, you know, church problems, people rising up against them. Um, but there's not a lot of conversation that happens around um, what happens when that stuff comes into your home, when there's trouble at home, and, um, you know, you can't control other people's actions. And how do we overcome those things just because 
um, life didn't go the way we wanted doesn't mean that suddenly we're have now voided everything that God has ever called us to do. And the dreams that God has given us from an early age, learning just like with the life of Joseph is that God knew everything that I would go through right. to get to where he called me before he gave me those dreams. Amen. And for a long time, the dreams were more of a nightmare during that few year stretch. Um, almost like it was in my mindset back then, like, man, this is torment. It's haunting me of what I could have been. And in reality, it was just God continuing to nudge me saying, no, this is where I'm taking you. This is what we're going to do. Um, that's kind of in a nutshell of kind of how that book came to fruition. Wow. Um, I wonder uh, if you could just maybe touch a little bit on uh, what you were feeling, uh, how, um, what you were feeling when you were going through um, before you wrote the book, how it felt like things were, were, were falling apart and um, you, you felt called to be here at X, but right now you feel like you're at Z. Um, talk to us a little bit about um, how you made it through that process. Um, and just, you know, obviously it's okay to be transparent. Um, that's what this is all about. Sure. So, uh, but yeah, just tell us a little bit about uh, what it was like going through that uh, and how you made it through. Yeah, so uh, just to be frank, it was um, really a, a real battle of, of the mind. Um, you know, I, I address it in the book, but it really felt like when the situation happened um, at the church I was pastoring involving my ex-wife, it really felt like that was the death knell to my ministry. Um, it felt like suddenly at that moment, even though I had nothing to do with it, even though it didn't involve me personally, it felt like everything that I was destined to have and promised to have was over. Mm. And there was a lot of times where even going to church was a struggle. I loved God. I, I prayed. I read my Bible. But being at church and feeling that presence, the the feelings and the, the anointing that you had before has, hasn't changed. And yet feeling like, I'll never be able to to use the gifts that God has given me again. Um, made even going to church a challenge. I, I would have to pray before I went to church to get my mind and spirit right, because going to church was... The enemy would use a church service to try to to beat me down even further. Mm -hmm. And it was really... It took a while for me to even get liberty in church, to, to feel peace at church. And it's... Man... When you're going through a situation where it feels like your entire life has completely deteriorated around you, um, from a marital perspective, ministry perspective, I was full-time in ministry. Now I'm trying to reestablish myself in my 30s. Um, not a whole lot of experience outside of driving a, a CDL truck, and I don't have a CDL license anymore. Um, now we've got financial trouble on top of everything else. The one place I should have been able to go and being able to have that escape and that peace and that comfort should have been church. But because, because of the dreams and the, the visions that God had given me for my ministry, it became more of a place where I felt more torment mm. than peace. Wow. 
And you don't hear a lot of people talk about that. Um, But I would go to church and I would see other people being used by God. I would think it's so not fair that I'm supposed to be up there. I'm supposed to be doing that. I've got so much to share, but now who's going to listen to somebody like me? I, I felt like I had suddenly disqualified everything um, that I had spent so long working for and working towards. Wow. And I'll never forget, there was a, I wrote a book before this one in the middle of all that in 2020 called Chosen. And that one, all of my books follow the same kind of pattern. It's kind of my testimony mixed in with a biblical character to give both a, a biblical foundation plus a real life application to what I'm trying to, to portray here. And this one dealt with Moses, and it was called Chosen, The Making of a Leader. And I felt like such a fraud writing that book, I'll be completely honest with you. In fact, um, it took me that's probably the longest one it took me to write and publish, uh, just because I would struggle so much with myself. And I could only write when I was in a place where I had truly surrendered to God and He could work through me. A lot of times I would just be frustrated and not even want to look at it. But uh, my pastor at the time, Pastor Mark Melton in, in North Little Rock, Arkansas, preached the message about Moses called From A to the, And I talked to him and I said, let me use that in my book. And he gave me permission to use it as one of the chapters in my book. And he was talking about the rod that Moses had and how it was a rod, but then it became the rod of God. Mm-hmm. And he talked about surrendering to God and not just being a vessel, but the vessel or becoming real personal with God. And that message really helped propel me towards that path of healing. Um, he was great. He, he gave me opportunities to minister. Um, uh, he put a lot of trust in me, helped build me back up, build my confidence back up, uh, believed in me. And that message, that book kind of propelled me. But then the divorce came and I felt I had just crawled out of this hole. I had just gotten back on my feet in ministry. Now here I am again for the second time in two years. Um, I'm starting from scratch. I moved back to Texas, be closer with my family. I had no family in Arkansas. Um, and again, right back into that pit. Um, and what made it harder coming back here is this is where I pastored. Um, I actually live now in the same town that I used to pastor in. Um, I, I still talk to my former bishop there and, and everything's cool. And, um, but still hard, like, these are the streets I drove in and prayed over mm. when I pastored that church. This is the community that has such a burden and passion to reach and, and transform lives in. And, and uh, now I live here, but I don't even go to church here. Um, and so that was really um, a challenge at first to get through there and, and to get through that. And, and then through the process of God revealing to me the different components of this book, um, you know, Joseph went through a lot of those exact same feelings i mean he was the guy who had the the coat of many colors the coat of favor he was the one that that his father had believed in and had gifted this to and by actions that had nothing to do with him he was thrust into a pit he was sold off into slavery Um, and yet joseph continued to work towards the dreams that god had given him sure there was times when joseph felt like what's the point of this uh, everything that I thought was true is, is a lie. Um, my family didn't believe in me. They betrayed me. Um, 
he elevated himself at, at Potiphar's house. Then he's betrayed by Potiphar's wife. Joseph, doing the right thing and trying to keep his spirit right, continues to have to endure consequences of other people's actions. And and seeing that, it was so eye-opening for me because um, something I wrote in, in my second book called um, About David, and at that point when I wrote it, um, I don't think I truly understand what I was writing. It wasn't until I was in a situation like David where I truly comprehended and grasped what was really happening. Um, and this came to fruition last year. Um, I had to go back and read that book. God nudged me and said, go read your book. And usually I'm one. I publish it. I write it. I'm done with it. I don't go back and, and read it. So I, I went back. I, I pulled that book up. And at this point, there was a, a lot of things that I was dealing with. Um, there was rumors, people not knowing what happened. I'm very private, so I didn't share with a lot of people um, what I had actually gone through. So, you know, when you're a pastor and you resign, you get a lot of phone calls. Hey, man. What happened? Oh, nothing happened. Uh, I just felt to go in a different direction. And um, one one phone call in particular. Uh, nobody leaves the church like that unless something happened. What happened? And I, and I felt lonely because I was like, man, do these people actually care about me, or they just care about the gossip of what's happening around my life? Wow. And so it it caused me to really kind of recluse myself. And when I moved back to Tyler, people that I had loved and cared about. Uh, we're sharing some of these rumors and everything inside of me, my humanity wanted to defend myself. I wanted to tell the truth. I felt emboldened like, Hey, let me tell you what really happened. Uh, let, let me defend my honor if, if no one else will. And, and God really checked me on that. And the hardest thing I could do was just keep my mouth shut and stay silent and continue to trust God to, to take things in, in, in his way. And, and, during that time, I went back to that book called, and I, I began to read uh, the very last chapter of that book, where David returns from war, and their village has been pilfered, their families have been taken, his own soldiers turn against David, and they're blaming David. They said, this is all your fault. And David, he had suffered the same loss they did. He was hurting just as much as they were. And... His own soldiers have now turned against them, and they're ready to, to attack David. And I put myself in that situation mentally, and I thought, what would I have done had I been David? How would I have reacted? And I know in my humanity, having been in situations like that, um, our inclination is to react and to defend ourselves. And yet the Bible says that instead of David requesting a sword— he requested the ephod. And God began to reveal to me years ago, before I even needed the revelation, that David was presented with an opportunity to either defend himself or to put his trust in God. And God spoke to me and said, had David defended himself, he would have injured the very people that God had called him to lead. Wow. And instead, he turned over encouraged himself in the Lord. And when God defends us, the truth always comes out and we don't have any blood on our hands. And I remember going back and reading that and saying, okay, God, <laughs> it's yours. Uh, 
I, I don't have to defend myself. I don't have to defend my honor, my integrity. Um, I'm just going to stay faithful and committed to you in those situations. And, and God has come through every single time. You said something in this, uh, in your book, favorite, um, and it was, this was, it's so simple, but it was very powerful. Um, and it was revealed in the life of Joseph, but you said the reality is that people and circumstances don't create problems in your life. Usually they reveal what's already hidden in your heart. And so, you know, just when you look at, you know, David, even David's life or, or Joseph's life, how they seem to be continually just done wrong by the people that are supposed to be there for them, the people that are supposed to care for them and people that they care about. Um, they just, David, for instance, he, he had an opportunity. He could have killed Saul. But what was in his heart? He, he felt smoke in his heart because he even tore Saul's garment. Yeah. He was so paralyzed by that, 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 you know, he was like, oh, I just, I felt so bad about it. But he used that opportunity to reveal what was in Saul's heart. Right. And I, I think that it's important to acknowledge that there's a lot of times in life, um, whether you're Christian or not, there's going to be people that have things to say where they speak out of turn and they speak things that they have no idea what they're talking about. Well, I heard this, or I'm assuming this, or I saw this, so it naturally it means X, Y, Z. At the end of the day, we're always going to endure some type of uh, criticism, some type of breaking process where... God just wants to reveal what's in our heart. Because if, it, if, if we do uh, end up picking up the sword, we're revealing that we're more prideful than we need to be. And God can't do what he wants to do in our lives if that's always what our go-to is, where we just have to defend ourselves, where it's just, you know, God, I trust you. I know that at the end of the day, if God be for me, who can be against me? You know what was in this situation. You know what really happened. I trust that it, there's going to be come a day where there's going to be vindication, where I'm going to be set free from this this what seems to be a cage. But all, God always always goes to bat for those that are right with Him and have a heart that's right with Him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things that was most encouraging to me, once God had brought this vision into my life and I had saw kind of my story mirrored with Joseph's story and realized God's working behind the scenes. You know, every you read through scripture and, and you say, man, this person accomplished great things. They didn't have to go through a whole lot. Others you're like, that person couldn't catch a break. How many times have we read scripture and thought, man, they, they, Joseph, he had to go through so much. Job. Uh, Job, yeah. I mean, he, all these things that they had to endure and overcome, it's because God had a purpose, and his purpose for me may be different than his purpose for you. 
and learning, and I wrote this in the book, God is always working behind the scenes to accomplish his purpose. Even when I don't see him working, he's working behind the scenes to accomplish his purpose. And I think sometimes what makes going through these seasons of trials so complicated is that we're only looking at things from the perspective of our purpose. God, I'm not supposed to be here. This wasn't supposed to happen to me. I'm supposed to be doing X, Y, Z. I should still be pastoring right now, God, as if he doesn't know everything that's happening. And yet the peace that comes when you're able to step back and look at the things that I've been through from his perspective and from his purpose. Joseph, had you not gone to prison, Mm. you never would have met and worked for the dreams of other people so that when Pharaoh needed someone who could interpretate dreams, that you would be elevated in that perspective. Had you not gone to prison, your own family would have died in a famine, and most of the population of the world would have been wiped out. But God uniquely designed circumstances that, in full transparency, is really difficult for our humanity to go through for a greater purpose than our comfort or our popularity. And who knows who could be listening to this podcast who may feel like, but it's just not fair. It's just not fair. I didn't sign up for this. I didn't do anything wrong. Listen, if we're waiting for life to be fair, (laughs) we're going to be waiting for a long time. Right. Life wasn't fair for a lot of people, and life's not fair. Whether you live for God or not, life's not fair. But what is fair is surrendering to God's plan and allowing him to work all things together for his good. That's where we get things twisted. God, this isn't for my good. Mm. Scripture never promised me that he would work all things for my good. But if I surrender to him, he can take my pain and he can give it purpose and he can work everything together for his good. He's the supreme architect of our lives. And I have learned how to surrender to God in ways that I never had before. I have learned to be empathetic towards people like I never had before. I've learned to have faith on a level I never had before because I had to go through that prison. And I don't believe I'm where God's ultimately calling me to be, but I'm on the right path because I've learned how to surrender to him and let God work these things out for his good and for his purpose. And as long as I stayed surrendered to him, he's going to lead me where I'm supposed to be. Uh, just a little note on life being fair. The Bible clearly tells us that it rains on the just and the unjust. 100%. You know, good things happen to good people, and bad things happen to good people, and bad things happen to bad people, and good things happen to bad people. Absolutely. And Absolutely. the question really is, is who's good and who's bad? Who's to say, except for God? You know, I well, I, right. I haven't done anything wrong, but... I haven't repented of my sins. I haven't been baptized in Jesus' name. I haven't been filled with the Spirit of Christ. I haven't surrendered my life to God and allowed Him to work His perfect will in my life. I'm a sinner. You know, I, I'm, at the end of the day, 
That's really what it boils down to. How have I surrendered to God? How have I allowed myself to be spirit-led? The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. I actually recently just wrote an article on the Pentecostal pen about that. And, uh, you know, how, how difficult it is for us to be in surrenderance because we want to do what we want to do. This is my plan. This is my vision. This is where I want to go. And I allow my thinking to become a hindrance to the plan of God in my life. And you, you I mean, you touched on it really good. But the key, the key is how we, at, how we react in those situations. Do we allow to ourselves to endure that crushing and that breaking, so that way there can be a beautiful anointing and a beautiful oil at the end, or do we become a hindrance to what God wants to do, not only in ourselves but in our communities, in those that surround us, in those that are connected to us? Yeah. Absolutely. Man, this is this has been absolutely tremendous. Well, first, before we go anywhere else, uh there it is. Favored pick up the book on uh I'll I'll put the notes in in the uh podcast notes, but it's uh joshuamacalhaney.com. Uh, you can get the books on Barnes and Noble and Amazon as well. I'm telling you, these books are going to be a blessing to you, to your life. Uh, if you're in ministry, I promise you it will be a blessing to your ministry. I mean, they, these are powerful. Um, and I'm not just saying that because we're friends, because, you know, we're actually uh, recently acquainted. So, um, But I'm very excited about what God's doing in your life, bro. I wonder if, uh, you know, we're, we're almost at the 30-minute mark. I wonder if you could just tell the listeners, um, you know, they've listened this far, and um, maybe you just have a word for them. I wonder if you just um, leave them with something that they can walk away from this episode uh, with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say the biggest thing for me, and something that I tell people every time I get a, I get a chance to um, either mentor somebody or or just share some some perspective, is it, it, it's it's funny because we always quote it in, in so many different ways, um, but God told Samuel that man looks on the outward appearance and God looks at the heart, and we've we've heard it all types of ways, and it's not revolutionary by any stretch of the imagination, but what it does tell me is it doesn't matter where you come from, it doesn't matter what you've gone through, and listen, there may be people listening to this. Who's the one who made mistakes, who may have walked away from God at one point, who may have done things that they're completely ashamed of and think, man, I've, I've blown it. And here I am listening to this guy and, and his story is opposite than mine. And there's no way that I can have the same ending uh, or the same testimony. But here's the thing that that's so beautiful about God and his kingdom is that he looks at one place. That's your heart. And maybe your heart was stony at one point or rebellious and full of sin. But it doesn't matter. If that heart is surrendered to God and that heart is pure and you've gone through the brokenness and, and you've surrendered and you've laid it all down at his feet, regardless of where you've come from or what you've experienced or what you've done, God can take you and he can use you with all the wounds and all the bruises 
and all the scars because there's somebody out there who needs to hear what you went through and how God used you through it. There's a testimony in every soul and there is a message for every person. There are people in this world that I'll be able to reach and minister to now. I wouldn't have been able to minister to you two years ago. And do not let the adversary, I wrote it at the very front of this book, in the introduction of this book. It was something I had to overcome. And if anybody can get anything from this, the voice of your adversary would like to label you a failure. But you're not a failure. You're favored. Let your heart be right with God and let God do the rest.